0: Hello and welcome to Crime and Spirits, your new favorite true crime and cocktail podcast. I'm your host, Bree. And I'm your other host, Suze. We're best friends who are obsessed with true crime and we love a good themed cocktail. So we took our two favorite things and turned them into a podcast. Every Sunday, we release a new episode covering a different case or topic of interest.
1: I'm the resident bartender here at Crime and Spirits, so every time we get together, I mix up a drink that ties into the episode in some way, shape, or form, and then I teach you how to make one for yourself. That way, you can sip right along with us.
0: We like to keep things conversational around here, so expect some tangents on occasion, as well as some cursing here and there. Think of us as a cross between Dateline and Girls' Night. So, come hang out
1: with us every week while we learn a little something new together. We'd love to chat with you about whatever,
0: really, but mostly true crime. You better buckle up, buttercup. And sip tight. Let's get on with the show. Woo. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Crime and Spirits. We are your hosts. My name is Brie. And I'm Suze. Thank you so much for coming to have a drink and a chat with us. We're so excited you could be here. We are excited to be here. Shit. (laughs) It's It's been a long week. It sure (laughs)
1: has. And we actually haven't seen each other this week, which is very strange. Super
0: unusual for us. So... So I'm really excited to dive in, and it just started raining. Yes. So the perfect setting.
1: Perfect vibes for talking <laughs> about some true crime.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, as you guys know, we just love being here with you so very much. We do, it's true. It's the highlight of our whole week, and we just got done brainstorming like a shit ton of stuff. That I'm really excited about. So summer this year is going to be
1: awesome. It's going to be the summer of crime and spirits. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Tagline. Boom. Right. Done. <laughs> so we're just going to get right into things because we are just super excited. Heck yeah. And, we're going really uh, to go today. We really are. So this week we are going to be diving into the murder of Jayna Murray, a.k.a. the Lemon murder. Uh, points to whoever keeps track of how many times I fuck up saying Lululemon. Tomorrow. I tried to type it for
1: the first time during my research and I was like, what? <laughs> like it, my fingers could not find the right lemon or it, <laughs> right lemon, see, it, the right letters even.
0: I was like, dear Lord. And it kept auto-correcting to something bizarre. Like, yeah. When I was proofreading the script, I always read it out loud and I was like, all right, I haven't even had anything to drink. I was hopped up on coffee. That was about it. Right? <laughs> so, for those of you who might not be familiar, Lululemon Athletica is a brand known for having great quality yoga pants and other various athletic apparel items. But for a brief time in 2011, they were being talked about for all the wrong things. And that is because an employee was found dead inside one of their locations. Now, upon the initial discovery of what looked like a burglary gone wrong, police didn't know what to make of the situation. As the investigation went on, they were shocked to find out what really happened. And this is a super interesting case. And I think Mark actually suggested this. He one? did. And I was like, as soon as he said, you know,
1: the Lululemon murder, I was like, oh. <gasps> yeah, you're like, you're, oh my your whole God, face lit up. That's
0: right. Mm hmm
1: girl i watch snapped <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yes this is oh this is definitely
0: like a snapped case oh, yes <laughs> 1000%. yes yes yes
1: so just a quick heads up as per <laughs> usual this episode does contain the discussion of excessive violence and murder there will also be some brief mentions of sexual assault however this is not a key component to the case so we won't be sticking to that topic for too long As usual, Brie and I go into the creation of this podcast with nothing but the best of intentions and nothing but respect for the victims and the families of those involved. We're just here to share what we've learned about both of our favorite things, true crime and mixology.
0: So if you like our vibe, make sure you guys are following the podcast on social media. You can find us at Crime and Spirits Pod on Facebook and Instagram. On Twitter, you can find us at Crime Spirits Pod. And if you'd like to become a monthly supporter of our podcast, you can hit the link in the show notes of this episode. Smash it. You can smash it. If that's not something you're into, all good. But if you'd still like to show your support, we would really appreciate it if you could hop on over to Apple Podcasts or whatever you're using and just give us a little quick rating and review. Just a little quick one. No time at all. It would go a long way in helping us out. Like a long, long way. (laughs) So without further ado, Suze. You have something delicious and sugary and lemony mm. in front of me. so You're saying
1: all my favorite words. Tell me more. Here. So obviously we're talking about a murder that took place in a Lululemon store. So my brain immediately went to lemons mm. rather than murder <laughs> because that's how my brain works. I like lemon. It's light. It's refreshing. It's almost summertime, so I'm like...
0: It's one of my favorite flavors. It's so
1: good. (laughs) Almost everything you do with lemon is Mm a-okay in my book. Agreed. So this week, we're making a classic lemon drop martini. It's sweet and tart and refreshing, which makes it a perfect springtime cocktail, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I would agree with this.
1: The recipe I use at my day job involves using sweet and sour mix. However... We're not going to do that today. Ooh! I did have like an 80-year-old lady tell me I made a fantastic lemon drop martini.
0: I believe it. I don't think I've had a lemon drop, but you've made me Cosmos before mm. and they were always delicious. Mm-hmm. Ooh, we should do a Cosmos soon. <laughs>
1: Putting it in the yes. brain. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so a lemon drop martini is usually prepared up, obviously. It involves shaking or stirring it with ice and straining it into your prepared glassware. Obviously, we're going martini glass here. We're actually going to rim our glass this week with some plain old sugar, but we're going to mix it with a little bit of lemon zest. Mm. Shout out to my friend Michelle. She got me a zester for Christmas. <laughs> I think I've just used it to zest lemons for soup and for this podcast, so it's already paying dividends. In, in handy. <laughs> I know it sounds extra, but it really does make a difference in the finished product. Just trust me on this. It looks really pretty. I would never lead you astray. (laughs) So we're starting with our new favorite citrus vodka from Faber. You can use plain old vodka if you really want, but the citrus vodka will just elevate this cocktail, just like that next level up, you know? Um, Next, we're using Cointreau, which is an orange-flavored liqueur. You will also need lemon juice and simple syrup. If you don't have Cointreau, you don't want to spend the extra money. Triple Sec is essentially the same idea. Mm. Cointreau is just, again, just an elevated version.
0: And it's what? Just an orange-flavored liqueur? It is. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Yep. So as per usual, here's some history. The Lemon Drop was invented sometime in the 70s by Norman J. Hobday. Oh. He was the founder and proprietor of Henry Africa's, which was a bar located in San Francisco that opened in 1969. Originally, the drink was served in a cocktail glass, which if you want to put it over ice, I bet it would still be freaking delicious. I'm sure. Um, The drink was most likely named after a lemon drop candy, which any guesses?
0: Also delicious.
1: It's a sweet and sometimes tart, (laughs) yellow, lemony candy. So for a time, these were super popular as shots. Also, I certainly remember doing several lemon drops back (laughs) in the day it was like you lick the sugar do the shot squeeze the lemon oh sort of like a tequila shot but lemon vodka instead yeah so to make our cocktail this week we're just going to go with a very simple recipe if you want to get fancy you can add muddled berries I did see that as an option but all of the berries currently in Erie are questionable at best. Yes. Mm
0: -hmm. So we're just
1: going straight (laughs) up a lemon drop. If you want to use a different fruit flavored vodka, like raspberry might be good in this, Mm. something like that. But again, we're going basic. So... (laughs) To start, just chill your martini glass. Again, our secret that I've found works best is to just pop the whole glass right in the freezer while we work on actually mixing the cocktail. Not only does it look good, but it gets the glass like nice and frosty, chilly. It looks so
0: pretty. Like so
1: delicious looking. You just add your ice to your trusty shaker. Add two ounces of your vodka. Again, we're using the Faber Citrus Vodka. Uh, Add three quarters of an ounce of the Cointreau. One ounce of fresh squeezed lemon juice, which I'm very excited for the reels because we do have some (laughs) fresh squeeze action. Um, And then three quarters of an ounce of simple syrup. If you want to adjust any of these, feel free. If you want it sweeter, add more simple syrup, more tart, less simple syrup, more lemon juice, whatever floats your boat. And again, we're rimming our chilled martini glass with some plain sugar, just mixed with some lemon zest. I just zested the lemon over the sugar Mm -hmm. and sort of pressed it in with my fingers and then sort of mixed it up.
0: Interesting. And then just
1: used a little lemon juice around the rim and pressed it right in. Mm. Not only does it complement it, like, looks-wise, but... Every sip you get, you're going to get that sweet and the tart from the sugar with the cocktail. It's very pretty. Very pleasing. So once your glass is ready to roll, you just strain your cocktail right in there. If you want to garnish it with a lemon twist, if you're feeling fancy, have at it. Ooh. So good, right?
0: Mm, that's delicious.
1: I love a good lemon drop. And I had not had a lemon drop in
0: that's really probably good. a decade if I not feel longer. like the sugar is kind of a, a must because mm-hmm. it definitely cuts some of the tartness from the actual cocktail but mm-hmm. this is really good
1: I'm just saying like dangerously delicious I know just imagine all those shooters young Suze was doing oh dear Lord
0: okay so I'm having heartburn just thinking about it mm-hmm. if I were to be completely honest but you know when you're in your early <laughs> 20s <laughs> right. No, it's fine. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. It's totally fine. Wee. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just like, I think about it, and my body is like, no, please don't. <laughs> we got
1: at work. Um, One of the beer reps brought in a zero sugar Mike's Hard Lemonade, and immediately oh. my belly went, no.
0: <laughs> yeah. And no, I could oh, just same. feel the
1: acid reflux. Yeah. I was like, well, if that's not getting old, I don't know what is. <laughs> that's
0: how I know I have hit <laughs> this yep. like, milestone in life. <laughs> yep. The sad one, I guess. Oh, no. All right, lemon drops in hand. Let's get into things. They're
1: going to be needed, guys.
0: Yeah, this is a wild ride we're about to take you on. So buckle up. Today, our story begins in Bethesda, Maryland on March 11th, 2011. More specifically, it takes place at the Lululemon store located in a local shopping center. Kind of like a strip mall kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. But like fancy. because Yes, they bougie. Did you look at the prices of their yoga pants? Like, yo, like a fanny pack costs like $75. I'm good.
1: Unless that was hand sewn by uh, one of my Dragula friends or (laughs) Beyonce. I'm not interested in that. Unless it's
0: handmade by Queen Herbie. Mm -hmm. No, thank you. (laughs) I'm good. So that evening, two employees were closing the store, Brittany Norwood and the manager on duty, Jaina Murray. The store closed at 9 p.m. and after 45 minutes of cleaning and closing duties the girls were almost free for the night. As per company policy a bag check had to be completed before they could leave. So it's this weird policy where they had to check the other like each other's bags to make sure that there weren't any products being stolen which makes me feel really icky because you're putting the onus like I don't know I just I have actually read that that is
1: a frequent practice in retail. Really? Correct me if I'm wrong out yeah. there, friends. But...
0: I, I don't doubt it, but I feel like... I don't know. Like, I guess I take what a else bag are you to, work, to do? But it's
1: for, like, my nail file, my <laughs> chapstick, my almonds. You also work at a restaurant. Yeah. So
0: what are you going to do? Like, stick a tub of dressing in your bag? That'd be obvious. You'd actually be surprised <laughs> I, with how creative <laughs>
1: people can be.
0: But... When I worked at Cracker Barrel, we had to have clear bags. Otherwise you weren't allowed to bring a bag in. It is also
1: like that at um, NFL and MLB yeah. stadiums. Even the workers. I remember. Even the workers. I was like that's there was just people lava. who
0: got some really cute, like clear plastic bags. Oh my god. We're gonna I was get not off prepared. on a tangent. But <laughs> get on the
1: internet. Oh boy. Whatever you want. Yeah. I saw a clear fanny pack at the Bruce Springsteen concert. You know
0: what? I'm not mad about fanny packs coming back. I said it. And I'm not ashamed. <laughs> Me either, honestly. I said to Mark the other day when we went on our walk, I was like, I wish I had a fanny pack right now.
1: They even make them with water bottle holders. Girl. <laughs> Linda. <laughs> Listen, Linda. I'm just saying
0: they're out there. Oh, I love it. I don't think they're selling that kind of shit at Lululemon, though. No. So <laughs> they had this policy and they, the girls that were closing that night, Brittany and Jana, they were – going to leave and they did the bag check so the girls switched purses and unfortunately for Brittany Jaina found a pair of yoga pants tucked away inside of her bag
1: Ooh. oh no <clears throat> so Brittany told Jana that she had paid for them earlier that day and that Jana could check with those who had worked the register they would confirm that she was telling the truth Jana told her that she would follow up with them later and the girls parted ways for the night after locking up Six minutes after locking the doors, Jaina called the store manager, Rachel, and let her know what had just happened, which I'm assuming when you're the manager on duty, you want to be aware. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're the store manager, you need to be aware of stuff like that.
0: Right. Absolutely. Especially – like, if Jana had never encountered a situation like that before, I can definitely see her being like, I don't really know what like to do. Like, just so you know what
1: happened? X, Y, Z. So, Rachel told Jana not to worry about anything, that she would handle it herself the next morning. Within a couple of minutes of hanging up on the phone with her manager, Jana received a phone call from Brittany. Apparently, she had left her wallet in the store and needed to get it, citing... I guess that she needed her Metro card because she took the bus home.
0: All right, okay. checks
1: out. Valid. At 10.05 05 p.m., both Jana and Brittany returned to the store. Once they were inside, the two women started arguing. According to employees of the neighbor, one of the neighboring stores, they heard someone saying, quote, Talk to me. Don't do this. Talk to me. What's going on? End quote.
0: That was followed by screams and what sounded like someone being hit and or dragged. The last thing heard was a faint voice saying, quote, God help me, please help me. Now, assuming that it was nothing more than two women being dramatic, which I hate that, nobody well, calls the police. I know I can be dramatic,
1: but I would never say, please God help me.
0: But why is it always the people reason? who are also being dramatic getting mad at you for it? Hmm. I don't know. I have questions. (laughs) I also don't. I don't know. I guess if I heard that kind of stuff, like if I heard somebody being hit and or dragged, I would like to think that I would call the police. But they didn't, so here we are. (laughs) Cut to the next morning. Rachel arrives to open the store. When she got there, she found the door unlocked and saw that the lights were on. Now, at first, she didn't think too much of it. She just thought that maybe somebody, have a, like, they arrived early and they just decided to get started for the day. <laughs> but uh, once she got inside the store, however, that line of thought quickly dissipated as she made her way inside. And almost immediately, she noticed that things were not right. Merchandise was thrown across the floor. Mannequins were knocked over. The entire place was in disarray. So Rachel kind of just called out probably like a, hey, hello, who's here kind of thing. She just wanted to know. She thought an employee opened the store. The response that she got was some moaning coming from the back. Now she noped right out of there. And she called 911 as she made her way out of the store. Yep. I would too. I'm so freaking out, out of here.
1: 911 would be on the line with me, but I'd be <sighs> I wouldn't it right out of there. I
0: wouldn't have gone in. Like the second I would have gotten there and seen that the lights were on and like, well, well, okay, maybe not. You either. and I are very
1: um suspicious. We're, we are people. very suspicious people. Suspicious, <laughs> super <laughs> suspicious. We are. So we probably wouldn't have gone on like in. I probably Correct. would have called. Night. Well, but you never know.
0: Yeah. I don't. I'm, mm, Here we at are. Any rate. <laughs>
1: So next to the Lululemon store was an Apple store. That morning, there was a man named Ryan standing outside the Apple store, actually waiting for it to open. Rachel ran almost directly into him while booking it out of her own store. And she told him what was going on and asked if he'd be willing to go back inside with her and maybe just sort of check things out, like get a feel for what's happening. So that's exactly what happened. They walked in, Ryan headed towards the back. He was out of sight for a couple of moments before he stumbled upon a woman in the back hallway, lying face down in a pool of blood, and she was not breathing. A moment or two after that, because God bless him, he He proceeded, he came across yet another woman. She was tied up and barely breathing, but she was alive. So Ryan called out to Rachel to call 911 again, put out the urgent call.
0: Like, hey. This is a little bit more significant. Than just
1: a break-in or robbery or whatever.
0: So police and the EMS arrived on scene and immediately sprang into action. Now found on the scene were two sets of bloody footprints, two empty safes, and the store appeared to have been ransacked. When police came upon the victims, they found Brittany Norwood, semi-conscious, in the bathroom with her wrists and ankles zip-tied. There was blood on her face and a whole bunch of cuts on her arms, legs, face, and chest. Police also noted that the crotch of her pants were torn. She was taken away to the hospital. Jaina, unfortunately, wasn't as lucky. Her attacker viciously took her life and left her lying face down in a pool of her own blood. The scene itself spoke volumes as to what happened there. Jaina was brutally murdered, but didn't go down without a fight. Like, a lot of (laughs) fights. Yeah. She had 105 different defensive wounds, in just addition. defensive Just the defensive wounds. wounds. And that was in addition to having been wounded over 300 times with various weapons. These weapons included a knife, a hammer, a box cutter, a rope, and a merchandise peg, which I didn't know what that was. Apparently, it's used to hold up mannequins. Sadly.
1: I know. This is where I learned that information, <laughs> yeah. and it will now live in my brain rent-free forever. forever. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Her head and face were badly bruised and covered in cuts. Some reports say the damage was much worse than that. We found out later that the cause of death was a stab wound to the back of her neck that severed her spinal cord and went through to her brain. She likely died within a minute of being stabbed. So... We're saying it's vicious. Very much so. Very vicious. So at the
1: hospital, the police obviously asked Brittany to walk them through what happened. I know it's traumatizing, but we need to get these details when they're fresh. ASAP. So she started with a phone call she made to Jaina once she realized her wallet was MIA. She said that when she and Jaina re-entered the store, two men wearing dark clothing and ski masks came in right behind them. These two men then proceeded to physically and sexually assault both women. Brittany told police that Jaina had resisted and tried to fight back, so the men beat her and ultimately decided to stab her to death. It was at this point that Brittany realized that she'd have to play along if she wanted to survive. She, too, was beaten and cut with a knife. However, her wounds were mostly superficial. Mm. She was also raped and assaulted with a clothes hanger, then, once the men were finished, they tied her up and left her in the bathroom before fleeing the store.
0: It's a lot of detail. Also,
1: in- a lot of specific
0: things. Incredibly we're saying specific. Here. Hmm. And we're not the only ones who found this odd. Detective Mackey, as well as the other investigating officers, were blown away by the level of detail that Brittany was able to provide them, especially considering he conducted the interview while she was in the hospital right after the traumatic event in question. Considering some of the details shared, the doctors went ahead and completed a rape kit and a full examination. Police were hoping that the kit would come back with, you know, some kind of information about who may have
1: done this. Any information?
0: They certainly were not prepared for the medical examination to reveal that there was actually zero evidence of a sexual assault occurring Hmm. at all. In any way shape or form now granted this does not rule nor does it disprove that a rape occurred but it certainly made the investigators begin to wonder whether or not they were getting the full truth this feeling only grew once they started digging into the background of the girls it's almost like they had some questions
1: (laughs) oh so
0: many questions so
1: let's talk a little bit about who these women were we'll start with jana murray She was born on November 22nd, 1980, to parents Phyllis and David. Growing up, she had two brothers, Hugh and Dirk, and their family resided in Wichita, Kansas. Jana was an incredibly well-rounded woman. She was kind and loving and smart. She studied in Spain for two years. She was also ambitious. Her hobbies were a bit on the adventurous side, like whoa yeah um bungee jumping no. being one of them she no, bungee man. jumped on one of her birthdays i'm it was on it, there was a video yeah of it you can I was still like, find
0: it That's, no i can't i'm too scared we know a couple of people between the two of us that have jumped out of planes yeah and well, i wish you, i could have that experience but i'm fine pay to me. ride in a plane
1: or stand on a mountainside. It ain't No way you're making me jump off of it. No,
0: thank okay. you. Great. My feet yeah. will stay firmly planted on whatever surface I can. <laughs> on the earth, yeah.
1: if, if I had to choose. Jaina also loved to stay active. She traveled. She volunteered. She was quite literally the total package. At the time of her untimely death, she was living in Arlington, Virginia and attending Johns Hopkins University where she was a graduate student pursuing two different master's degrees, one in business administration and the other in communications. So Lululemon was a great stepping stone for Jaina. Apparently their company structure is built where you can sort of Mm. work your way up. Mm -hmm. So not only is it active, but you're meeting and greeting all these people, working on your people skills and interfacing with a bunch of different people. So she was able to meet a bunch of other active and like-minded people, along with having the opportunity to attend a bunch of different seminars. Not only is she networking, she's getting her name out there. Smart lady. Right? She was working as a sales team leader um, at the time of her death, but her goal was to one way work for one day work for Lululemon Corporate.
0: I found it really interesting that people who were just generally active was, like, attracted to a retail store. I couldn't quite, like, make the connection. But I guess it makes sense. If you're very active and you
1: like to look good while you're being very active, I'm sure you get a very good discount.
0: Ooh, yeah. That was my
1: thought. In addition to the networking, you can also rock the gear and be like,
0: ooh. Yeah. I mean, it did look cute.
1: I love a good discount. Right. Y'all know me.
0: (laughs) We are budget queens. (laughs) All right. So Brittany was born on May 18th, 1982 in the state of Washington. She grew up with four brothers and four sisters, which is far too many people in one house already. Whoa. She had a stay-at-home mom and a father who ran an upholstery shop, which that would be a cool thing to learn. I wish. I watch DIY videos of people just
1: stapling things yeah. onto old
0: chairs and I'm like <laughs> I'm so nervous. My mother in law's like dream is to have like a flipping business. Oh, with furniture. Yeah. Like and, like we like whenever we go thrifting and she's always like, This could be that like she's really fucking smart and creative. There's she could somebody totally
1: do it. locally that does that on Facebook Marketplace and I'm like, Why would you take that beautiful furniture? And make it look hideous. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> What's like with dark paint and then you just sand off parts of it? Oh. I don't
0: like it. I, I like it when they sand the it and restain it.
1: Yeah. <sighs> Bring it back to its former glory. I, I am a what bigger fan
0: of, like, paint restoration versus... On an antique furniture piece. Yeah, that's clutching fair. my pearls. I'm clutching my pearls <laughs> over here. <laughs> well, Brittany was not interested in the upholstery shop at all. It's not at all. <laughs> Throughout her schooling, she was heavily involved in soccer. Uh, Football For those of you who are outside of the U.S., this carried on throughout her college career. In the fall of 2000, she began attending Stony Brook University in Long Island, New York, where she majored in sociology, which, knowing what I know now, seems incredibly odd. Questionable. She made the soccer team her freshman year, and she absolutely crushed it. She was a very talented player. She earned several different honors and accolades throughout the year. Despite her talents on the field, though, Brittany oh, no. was uh, – she was not well-liked by her teammates. Oh, ouch. To them, Brittany was a liar and a thief. That is a direct quote from one mm-hmm. of her former mm-hmm. teammates. Uh, another one named Megan Healy actually went on to say that, quote, other girls on the team that had known her being Brittany longer than me had told me things like, watch your locker, keep it locked. She's been known to steal things, end quote. Things got so bad that Brittany's best friend ultimately decided to walk away from their friendship. When asked why, Leanna just said, quote, we had a falling out because the girl was like a klepto. That's That's quite the accusation.
1: So like on the outside, you're saying she looks perfectly fine and well adjusted. Right. All right.
0: But apparently she had a habit of stealing.
1: Bad lady. So Brittany played soccer until 2003. She was actually kicked off the team and expelled from school as the theft accusations began to escalate because it wasn't just one or two teammates. It, it was, was literally the whole team. Yeah.
0: Like several, many people. <laughs> it was like we
1: have had issues mm-hmm. with her specifically. So at this point, she actually moved to DC and started working at a hotel near the White House. I, she was living with one of her sisters. I think so. That lived in that vicinity. She was quickly promoted to managing VIP guests, which, if you just think about that, <laughs> yeah. let that marinate on your little brain as we go
0: forward <laughs> with what we've
1: learned so far. Um, despite doing well at this job, she just wasn't feeling very fulfilled. She wanted to do something more active. So, originally, her original plan was to open a gym post-graduation, I don't know why she was studying sociology to do that. Yeah, none whatever, of it
0: makes sense. Whatever
1: blows your hair back. I guess. Brittany began searching for jobs in personal training, which
0: is actually how she ended up applying to Lululemon. So, naturally, there was some shit that went down between Brittany getting kicked out of school and her getting tied up in the Lululemon employee bathroom. Uh, in 2005, she was caught speeding And she just decided she didn't have to show up for her co appearance, and I'm pretty sure that came with a hefty fine that That she didn't pay. Especially, I don't know if you guys know
1: this, but traffic in D.C. and Baltimore... Horrid. Sucks. Terrible.
0: Sucks so bad. God, it was awful.
1: Their fines are big for a reason. Mm hmm So, in addition to that, in 2007, there was actually a civil judgment made against her for... $20,000 $20,000 of That's student loan debt. So much money. So I'm assuming she defaulted on a loan. Mm-hmm. I really couldn't find a lot more information yeah. than this, but that is that is my guess,
0: my best guess, my best educator. <laughs> the following year, uh, she and her roommate at the time were sued by her landlord because they were not paying their rent. Public records indicate that they just... Up and left the property and completely stiffed this person of all of their money. Again.
1: <laughs> rent is high there.
0: Yes. Rent is Even in two thousand eight here in Erie. No. Let alone... Washington, D.C. Get the fuck out of here. Slash the surrounding areas. Staying overnight in a hotel. Mark and I stayed like 45 minutes outside of the city when we went to... Uh, oh, the game. The, the game. football game. Mm-hmm. Like... No, thank you. When we were looking at prices, I was like, "There's no fucking way we're staying in the city." <laughs> like no, I
1: am blessed with a sister who has the determination and the expendable income mm. to make things happen. Yes. So we did take the subway or the train,
0: mm-hmm. whatever. okay.
1: We stayed in Silver Springs, Maryland.
0: I actually rode the train for the first and only time in my life in d c oh. when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I went there for a couple school trips. I love the city. Like side note, beautiful city. If you ever have the chance, fucking go. If you love history, definitely make sure you go.
1: Well, you know all the Smithsonian museums are free. Yes. And the zoo.
0: You should also go to the Holocaust Museum. It's worth it's worth it. We never we
1: did not get to go there. My sister Yeah. (laughs) Some things are just too sad. It's fair. Do you know what I mean? Oh my gosh, it's so incredible. We did get to see pandas eating bamboo. At the National Zoo, I mean that wins. And we sure. did get to see a pair of Dorothy's ruby slippers.
0: Yes, that's at the Natural History, American mm-hmm. History Museum. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know. There's so
1: many of them. I was like, she's like, There's we're like going seven. to the blah blah blah. And I was like, <laughs> you're like, here I great. come. <laughs> she books it. I show up. It works out perfectly. <laughs> So back to our story. Um, there's also a hairstylist who claimed that Brittany had failed to pay for a full weave that she had spent several hours putting in. According to a Facebook post that was written by the stylist, quote, at the end of her service, she claimed that someone in the salon had stolen her money out of her wallet. I was devastated that this could happen at my workplace. So I immediately told her not to worry about payment. As the time went on, Brittany called me to say that she would bring the money for the hair in. She never showed up, and later she deleted me from her Facebook page, end How quote. rude. Scam artist. Um, the owner of the salon confirmed that this is what happened, stating that Brittany caused quite a commotion and tried to blame one of the other employees for the alleged theft. She went on to say that Brittany had claimed that over a grand... $1,000 was stolen out of her purse, which was left in the salon's waiting area. The owner did not really believe Brittany, but they couldn't actually hold her hostage at the salon, so they had to let her go.
0: Well, yeah, because who the fuck takes $1,000 in cash to a salon and then not only does that but leaves their purse unattended in a waiting area?
1: It's almost like it was a setup. <laughs>
0: Hmm. Hmm. I am suspicious. Very <laughs> suspicious. All right. So this all brings us back to the investigation into Jana's murder slash Brittany's attack. The owners of the Lululemon location that this occurred at offered a monetary reward up to one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars to anyone that could help the police find, apprehend, and convict the two men that allegedly did this. Meanwhile. Police began to doubt Brittany's version of events. Detective Dimitri Rubin said that it was just a voice in the back of his head that just kept telling him that something wasn't right. That, quote, the way Brittany's describing these two guys, they're racist, they're rapists, they're robbers, they're murderers. It's like the worst human being that you could possibly describe, right? End quote. Which, I mean, he has a point. I mean she rolled every bad thing that could happen really into one crime not that it doesn't happen no for sure but still well i don't not that it should be noted but i guess it must be
1: Brittany is african-american yeah jana was caucasian so uh, i don't know i just have a lot of questions it's like she was throwing darts at like the crime board and was like what will stick it's got to be black guys mm they have to be masked mm-hmm. they
0: have to be rapists yeah they have to hate the white girl like yeah. it, d- it just seems very she really did i didn't really put too much of it into the script because like i don't know it just feels weird, weird. for us to be really speaking on that no absolutely. but like you're right she de- she definitely made race a part of this and she definitely played but I don't into know that a lot
1: well Obviously, she was the survivor, so right. they had to go on what she was giving them, but had she not brought it up, she could have said two men with masks. Mm-hmm.
0: There, and that's part <laughs> you know of the thing I, mean? I think It, that it was, was just
1: very convenient
0: that there were all these extra details mm-hmm. included. And I think the extra details ultimately is what really made the police officers go? want mm-hmm. to, yeah, take a really, you know, a second look at all of this stuff especially just like as the investigation continued there were just more and more inconsistencies with britney's stories for starters her injuries were minor and they appeared to have been self-inflicted they can tell that yeah kind of stuff right this reminds me of um when the pam smart case when they were talking about the crime scene and how like People who are trying to stage robberies, like, really just overthink things to a point where it's, like, obvious. This is, this is mm-hmm. very reminiscent of that. When it came to the bloody footprints, it was odd to police officers that both tracks ended before exiting the store, which put a hole in Britney's story. Because you might remember that she said the people who did this fled the store. Mm -hmm. So, hypothetically speaking, that means there should be at least one of the two sets of footprints outside of the leaving the -hmm. the store, but none of them did. So, police actually analyzed both sets of prints, and they came to learn that one pair belonged to a men's shoe, specifically a size 14 Reebok. More specifically, it was found inside the store and had come from the store. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other pair was found to have come from the shoes that Brittany was wearing that night, actually. How interesting. Hmm. <laughs> so at one point, Brittany is actually asked to
1: head to the police station and give them samples of her hair and fingerprints, which is normal. They told her this was for elimination purposes, which, which is normal. Yeah, that totally is legit. During the visit, she was asked by detectives if she knew what Jana's car looked like. She said, nope. I have no idea what, what kind of car she drives.
0: Never been in it. Never seen it.
1: The very next day, the police received a call from a couple of Brittany's siblings, Chris and Marissa. They relayed that Brittany had some information but was very afraid to share it with the detectives. They said that the men who attacked Jana and Brittany that night had forced Brittany to move Jana's car. Hmm. Considering this new information coming to light, the police arranged for Brittany to meet them at the station. She goes on to tell them that before the sexual assault happened, before, her attackers forced her to move Jaina's car to a parking lot approximately three blocks away. The car was eventually found at a farmer's market. She also claimed that she went alone to do this. But didn't run away or alert law enforcement, even though she literally saw a police officer while moving
0: said vehicle (laughs) because
1: she was afraid for her
0: life. I think she like specifically mentioned that they had her her ID. And so they, like, knew her address and stuff. So she was very afraid that if she didn't do exactly what they said. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was telling police that she was threatened and that they specifically said, like, we're watching you. And I don't... I mean, okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So the police were over her, as are we at this point, (laughs) and (laughs) confronted her with all of this evidence. They had forensic evidence proving that she was lying to them. They flat out told Brittany that they did not believe what she was saying. None of the evidence corroborated any of the statements she made. They went on to say how they believed, and they made sure to let her know they had evidential backing on this. Every step of the way. Every single (laughs) moment, they were like, boom, here's the evidence. Here's an accusation. Here's the evidence. They said that Brittany was the one that killed Jaina, and then she tried to cover everything up. She tried so hard, obviously. This is a very, like, intricate lie, if you will. So police had what they needed to arrest Brittany, which they do, and they charge her for the murder of Jaina Murray. Things moved rather quickly after this, all things considered. The trial began on October 26, 2011. She was being prosecuted for first-degree premeditated murder and second-degree specific intent to commit murder. Now, we learned some things about, like, how things really went down that night, like the specifics of the attack Ooh. during the trial. So let's get into all of that. It is. It's only interesting
1: in the fact that like the planning and viciousness that you're going to see is yeah. just redonkulous. It's
0: beyond <laughs> the comprehension almost. <laughs> it's, it's pretty
1: evil. Um. So we know that Brittany likely killed Jaina because Brittany had been caught shoplifting This was mentioned after Brittany's arrest as a possible motive by newspapers and various media sources. Law enforcement had also alluded to it. Unfortunately for the prosecution, the defense was able to actually get some of these statements and the evidence suppressed, um, which basically means that the prosecution was not allowed to tell the jury the why behind all of it.
0: Straight up, they got the motive for the murder
1: removed. From evidence. Because it was, I think, like secondhand information. It
0: technically was hearsay. Yeah. Bullshit. So,
1: instead, they had to present the actual facts of the case in a way that unequivocally proved that there was premeditation, which they're fucking lost. Well,
0: and this is what's so fascinating, because, like, specifically the prosecution cited that under Maryland law, premeditated murder can happen within seconds. So... All they needed to do was prove that Brittany, at some point before attacking Jaina, planned to do so, and that is something that state like it varies state by state. Why do we have to be so difficult about everything? <laughs> but I do find it interesting to well, see that the differences. was a very interest, interesting caveat
1: because yeah. not. Unfortunately, not every state is like that. (laughs) Right.
0: A lot of people require there to be, like, certain criteria met mm -hmm mm -hmm. in order to prove that. But we don't see that here. And I think the way the prosecution played their hand here was very uh, well thought out and very well done. So they were really focused on the level of brutality inflicted upon the victim, And the length of time that the attack itself lasted, they were really hellbent on getting justice for Jaina, which I can certainly appreciate. Fuck yes. The prosecution went through each detail of the attack, and they showed the jury why and or how Brittany was not only responsible, but that she planned to do it to some extent. So starting at the beginning of things... We know that Brittany called Jaina after they left for the night, pretending that she forgot her wallet in the store. We find out during the trial that Brittany didn't actually have Jaina's phone number previous to this evening. Mm. She had to call another employee and had to ask for the number. So once she got the text with all the information, that's when she made the phone call to Jaina and put all of this in motion. That's literally planning. It's literally planning. Mm. And that's what the prosecution said. They're like, this was a calculated ruse to get Jaina back to the store. Like, she had every intention, at the very least, to hurt her. Right. Like, you planned this, bitch. Mm. (laughs) Like, what?
1: We're on to you. (laughs) So... The prosecution went on to argue that Brittany confronted Jaina once inside, attacked her, and then staged all of it to look like a robbery had taken place slash gone wrong. Per the prosecution's timeline, Brittany repeatedly hit Jaina over the head with a long metal bar while chasing her around the store. Once Jaina was on the ground, Brittany then used a hammer, wrench, knife, and the mannequin peg during the attack She also actually tried to strangle Jaina with a rope. All of these items were items that Brittany found throughout the store, from the toolbox, the mannequins, and the merchandise racks, specifically. She used literally whatever she could get her hands on, and she used them viciously. Um, The weapons were all found at the scene and later tested by law enforcement um, law enforcement did find forensic evidence that proved that Brittany was the one that f- used them to then hurt Jaina.
0: There wasn't any other kind of forensic evidence found. It there was, was um
1: no other DNA. Right. N- none of it.
0: So the medical examiner that carried out Jaina's autopsy was a witness for the prosecution and went on to testify during the trial. And I found this really heart-wrenching, but again morbidly fascinating that's like my mo at this point so they needed the me to speak on the fact that jana was very likely alive for most of the attack which unfortunately went on for about 20 minutes 20 minutes when you think of that in the grand scheme of your day that feels like nothing but if when somebody's I,
1: coming at me with a hammer and a sharp metal bar, thinking yeah, of that's it yeah, forever. In
0: this context, is just like a sucker punch to my and gut. she fought the whole fucking time, the, literally the entire time, like until she physically could not. Mm-hmm. The Emmy said that there was bruising and bleeding around the room, ru- the wounds, which is what led her to believe that quote she had a pulse, she had a blood pressure, she was bleeding into the wounds, she was alive." End quote. The went on to detail all of the the injuries that Jaina had sustained during the attack. There were six blunt force wounds to her head that nearly crushed her skull. This woman said that she was taken aback by the sheer amount of force necessary to inflict these kinds of wounds. The anger and the violence behind it is shocking. There were multiple cuts, bruises, abrasions, and cutting wounds her skull was fractured. And like we mentioned earlier, her spinal cord was severed. And like we mentioned earlier, that was what ultimately killed her. So all of these other horrific things happened up Before until that moment. That. that me shared during her testimony that Janie, that Jana had the most injuries that she'd ever seen on one person. This is one of the sticking points for investigators and what led to some suspicions. Ultimately that Brittany was lying She had nothing but superficial injuries. In fact, a forensic expert would go on to testify that the blood that was on her face had actually dripped straight down from a cut on her forehead rather than horizontally, which is what would have happened if she was actually lying on the floor the whole night. So what they were basically getting at is that she was sitting upright most of the night until it was time to like... Or
1: standing. Right. And doing things
0: like... Whatever whatever it is that she did in that time, who actually we don't really know fully, but it she was obviously not where she knocked said unconscious she was. the entire night, mm-hmm. and this just all contradicts Britney's version of events.
1: So long story short, the prosecution addressed the fact that Britney's story was inconsistent at best. She was a known liar and thief, and she did her best to wiggle her way out of this. The jury was shown footage of a police interview conducted with Brittany, where she was claiming to have zero knowledge about Jana's car. Well, we know this is a lie because police found Brittany's blood on the car's door handle, gear shift, and steering wheel. That means you were in it. Mm-hmm. Ha. Huh. <laughs> Brittany had also tried telling the detectives that she was forced to move the car by her assailants and that she did so and only went back to the store out of fear. What really happened, we surmise, is that Brittany killed Jaina, then got into her car, moved it, and then sat in it for about 90
0: minutes, presumably coming up with her plan. Mm -hmm. So... The defense did not try to deny that Brittany killed Jaina in any way, and instead they argued that it was um, not premeditated; that it was self-defense. I <laughs> have never
1: wanted to flip tape. I say this all the time. When I get mad, I want to like flip
0: my table. I'm doing my research on this shit. Piss me the fuck off. And she left me the notes in her research Just to confirm that <laughs> it was. It's it's, it's extremely frustrating. Mm. Thankfully, the self-defense thing wasn't really working for them, Not so they had to remotely. kind of switch up tactics because, like, her injuries weren't defensive wounds. They were self-inflicted, and that was fact. So they instead said, quote, That day there was nothing going on between Jana Murray and Brittany Norwood. The absence of a motive is an indication it's not premeditated, that it's not a crime of motive, that this is a crime of passion, end quote. Okay. (laughs) I wish you could see her face. I'm passionate (laughs) about a lot of
1: things. Same. I'm not going to take a hammer and beat somebody over the head with it. That's so... 300 times.
0: That's just so much energy. Also, I don't... I... And this is someone who has, like, anger issues at times. Like, I could not imagine being that mad. I have never been that mad. No. Dear Lord. I couldn't.
1: Goodness, obviously. It, especially for being Lord. caught.
0: Like, you were caught doing something wrong at the end of the day. and okay, I think she was used to getting away with it. I mean, as history tells us. Ooh. I think it's absolutely infuriating that not the defense was able to not only get it. Like, he shouldn't have been able to make a statement like that because there was a motive, but you got that thrown out. One
1: her parents and her family was there mm. and like
0: <laughs> I couldn't imagine like the tension in that courtroom in that moment must have been so palpable.
1: The, the one brother was in Iraq when his sister was murdered. Oh yeah, cuz he was and parked, he in the service, be right? He flighted home for the trial. Yeah. I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> now, luckily, the jury did not fall for any of this bullshittery.
1: Thank God.
0: Once everything was said and done, the jury only needed 21 minutes to deliberate. They came back almost immediately with a guilty verdict.
1: Yes, they should. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for your service. <laughs> um, so during the victim impact statement portion of the proceedings, Jana's entire family was there and they shared about what they had lost. Again, like I said, her brother flew in from like Afghanistan mm-hmm. or wherever he was l- stationed at, and was like, "I lost the light of my life. Like it was, yeah. whew, getting goosebumps just thinking about it." Um, they were adamant that Brittany was not to be given an opportunity for parole, and. Luckily, I think in this instance, because this is a psychopath. Yes. The judge agreed with Jana's family and sentenced Brittany to life in prison with no chance at parole. She is currently serving her sentence at the Maryland Correctional Institution for Women.
0: And like the thing is, is that we still don't know why. Psychologically speaking, that is, Brittany suddenly committed such a violent act. Over. Sure, she was a liar and a thief, but she wasn't violent up until this point. Over some goddamn leggings? A, a pair of literal spandex. Everyone involved with in this case can speak to how great her lies and attempts at manipulation were. Montgomery County State Attorney John McCarthy stated at one point that, quote, her cunning and ability to lie is almost unparalleled. But still, there's no explanation outside of Brittany not wanting to be reported for theft.
1: But, so, you lose
0: your job. Right? Okay. You could probably have gone back to the hotel. I don't, I don't understand
1: it. I've got nothing, guys. None of this makes any damn sense, which makes it even more fucking frustrating. Yeah,
0: absolutely. There is no why. no. They're never gonna get a
1: why. No, because this bitch refuses to talk. Because
0: well, and the literal <laughs> motive, like I mean, honestly though, what is there to explain? The literal motive is that she did not want to get caught for stealing. I don't think there's. I truly don't believe that there's some deep psychological reason that this happened, other than.
1: I just am trying to configure the reaction that she had with being caught well that is an overreaction if i have at ever the risk of sounding
0: one. uh cringy i think that she just snapped oh, <laughs> like you it, know what it I mean? sure
1: was i first encountered this case on snap me,
0: i i really do i think this is one of those i love cases. it when the
1: narrator with her soothing voice tells <laughs> me that some bitch snapped over some <laughs> fucking leggings yeah. and i'm like what well now I have to watch for the full half I think it was just a matter of time,
0: you know. I, it, I think if it that wouldn't
1: have been this, it could have been something on the soccer team. If she
0: would have gotten in trouble in a different kind of way, or maybe maybe she liked her job more than everything else like i i don't know to the point of murder i, I mean i don't know i don't Ooh. understand how these people's brains work i don't but like anything that much i don't think anything I love y'all but makes that much sense mm. with mm. these kinds of people you know well and again, we're never going to get any answers yeah. <laughs> ever. No, because even if there is something, she's certainly not. Like she's you said, lying about she's, it. <laughs> yeah. You can't believe anything she says anyways. Very clearly. So even if she came out and was like, well, here's the reason why. Like, it's like Casey Anthony up in this bitch. Like, I'm probably not going to believe you. When she floated the
1: self-defense at her trial It was <laughs> the portion of my research where I was ready to.
0: If, Rage. If, <laughs>
1: If I didn't care about my belongings. Yes, I would have snapped <laughs> my laptop over my knee. That's where it was at because I was like self
0: defense. I could feel the rage through the words. I like to screen. notate stuff with asterisks I love and it.
1: sometimes I put like 14 and then a throwing up emoji. orange. Those are edge. my faves.
0: <laughs> In just, the case that we're doing after this one, there was a lot of throwing up emojis. So heads this, up on that one, This guys. one just had a lot of rage emojis. <laughs>
1: So, in 2015, Brittany actually contested her conviction. She cited a state law that guarantees circuit court defendants the right to appeal. Her lawyer claimed (laughs) that she didn't receive a Miranda warning early enough in the investigation. Thus, she was improperly questioned.
0: I like how it's not that she didn't receive it. It just wasn't early enough. Well, at first
1: she was a victim, so... Are you supposed to Mirandize victims? Is that our next step in the justice process? I'm tired already thinking about it. (laughs) So this claim was pretty much immediately rejected and her murder conviction was upheld. The courts additionally rejected the assertion made by the defense that Brittany's trial contained improper testimony from a patrol officer who was questioned about knife Mm -hmm. wounds. The court ultimately concluded that, quote, the evidence of Norwood's guilt was overwhelming, end quote, and this ruling effectively ended all of her appeals.
0: As it should.
1: I just have a lot of questions about our justice system, but in this instance, I'm like, (laughs) Buck, yes, you got it right.
0: It is heartwarming to see cases where justice is served and nothing's going to be able to bring back Jaina and nothing's going to correct that loss for the family, but for certain, at least Britney is There's locked away. There's got to be a little peace of,
1: of mind knowing that a psychopath is locked away mm-hmm. where she can't hurt anybody yeah, else. Absolutely.
0: <sighs> so, who wants some fun facts about Lululemon before we go? Because okay. so
1: I Googled this because I was like, we might need more content. And I was like, I am mad now. Yes. I would never buy- purchase one of these products if you paid me to purchase exactly. them. You
0: can put that. On, <laughs> on the record, <laughs> because the founder is an absolute douche canoe. <laughs> like
1: this like, dude, that is putting it mildly, is the worst,
0: and we hate him. And and here's why. So <laughs> Lululemon is a Canadian company that was founded by a man named Chip Wilson. That's your Ugh. first strike. Your Chip. name was Chip. That's one. It was founded in 1998. Uh, Here is a strike two. Mm. He created the name of the company to have lots of L's in it because he wanted the name to sound Western to Japanese buyers. More specifically, he wanted these buyers to have a difficult time pronouncing the name. (laughs) He said that he found it funny to watch Japanese speakers try and say it. It was the only reason behind the name. That is a direct quote from Chip himself. Well, because you know...
1: I do research on Wikipedia. They give you those easily clickable links. And next thing I know, I'm down a rabbit hole reading articles about Chip.
0: (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) And his Lulu's. And I just want (laughs) to. When Suze told me that, because I'm pretty sure you like tech. No, it was after uh, before we recorded last Mm -hmm. week. And she (laughs) was enraged. She's like, you will never believe why he fucking named the company this. asshole. It's because he's racist. Right. Uh, So on top of that, there have been a few controversies over the years as well. A few multiple ones. So they made a product called
1: Vitacy and claimed that it provided, quote, anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, hydrating, and detoxifying benefits, end quote. However, lab tests proved that there was zero difference between Vitacy and and a regular ass t shirt. That's fraud. So then they were forced to remove all of the health claims, which would, I think, be the only reason anybody would purchase probably an
0: $85 t shirt right. from the
1: product. So, <laughs> right. uh,
0: sucks for you. In 2010, they had to recall some reusable bags because they had too much lead. Lead. <laughs> what? We're still talking. I didn't even know that we still use that shit in
1: products. In 2010? That's what I'm saying. Do they still put it in stuff? I'm going to Google it later. (laughs) So over the years, the quality of the Lululemon products has been called into question multiple times. A lot of... People that purchased their products said that holes appeared quickly, items would fall apart after only a few uses, items were too um, sheer slash revealing slash the crotchular slash butt area, (laughs) showing off a little bit too much. Um, In 2013 black yoga pants which literally made up about 17 percent of women's pants sold were recalled by the company (laughs) um this debacle is what finally led to the forced departure of the chief product officer and the ceo at the time that is a big fucking deal yeah also though if you're gonna make leggings make them fucking good what is wrong with you i'm so
0: sick Oh, okay. So, Mark and I have been going to the gym, so I'm trying to find leggings that are good for working out, but that also has pockets, so my cell phone can fit in the pocket. Do you know how fucking difficult that is to find for somebody who is curvier?
1: Victoria's Secret.
0: Yeah, but...
1: I know. They're awful also. I have my own issues with all of that. The ones that I have on now, though, are like eight years old. Do
0: they have pockets? Yes. They do have
1: pockets. No crotchular issues either. <laughs> good to go there. Bam. Uh,
0: it's, it's getting to the point where I'm going to need them because I can't wear the same like pair of pants every day. I wash them, but it just There's for so the record. Many people I see <laughs> at the
1: gym that I'm like, aw. They're in a
0: different outfit every day. How good for them. <laughs> right? Like, to me, that is a clear message that you have your life together and i do not so. i'm functioning on a level much lower than that <laughs> yes. so
1: you're lucky i'm at the gym
0: bitches. <laughs> right it's Cut a miracle that slack. i go <laughs> i like it silver lining let's just focus mm-hmm. on the fact that yep. i am at the gym here. in the first place i showed up so uh in 2013 my boy chip mm. he stated nobody's that... boy chip <laughs> no i hated saying that he stated that making plus-size clothing would be too expensive and that some women's bodies were just unsuitable for the brand's clothing. My lips have
1: disappeared. In, In case I'm you didn't a notice, Peyton, I am filled with rage.
0: <laughs> yeah. I hate that, hence my issue with Victoria's Secrets. I don't like it. They're trying. Um They are actually trying more than this motherfucker No, that's true. He is the actual worst, and he makes every other company look great, I think, in comparison. Um, He went on to blame excessive pilling of certain products on customers wearing the clothes improperly. Or, here's the best part, having a body shape that was inconsistent with his clothes. Guys. (laughs) What does that even mean? I like
1: read it and I reread it and then it. I reread it several times. And I was like, that still makes no sense to no, me. What because the he's fuck is he talking about stupid. Mm. He doesn't even know. He's he, an ass. The best part
0: about all of this though is that he did in fact have to resign as chairman that December. And he later resigned from the board entirely in 2015, and then the next year in 2016, the whole here the whole world just was like lit on fire <laughs> for a hot minute. Uh, he published an open letter criticizing the company,
1: which because... you can still find online. Yep, I'm gonna
0: try to figure Link out it. a way for us to post it for you guys. Um, the reason he was so mad, he wasn't allowed to speak at their annual meetings anymore. <laughs>
1: Well, because nobody can hear his stupid. Because nobody gives
0: a fuck, Chip. Nobody also, cares about your racism or your sexism. Bad, so or get out. Any of the things. Take your shares and get out. Yeah. Now he just openly criticizes the brand on his website.
1: So it's not all bad. To give credit where credit is due, Lululemon as a brand has done some super cool things. Yeah, this is kind of cool. What started out as a retailer for yoga apparel expanded into athletic wear, lifestyle apparel, and personal care products. They trademarked their original fabric called Luan, which has a higher than average amount of nylon microfiber back in 2005. And since then, they've actually invented other fabrics like compression and moisture wicking designs. The company does have 574s 574 stores internationally. I just had like a mini stroke there. <laughs> they also sell um, things online. They even have established their own research and development lab,
0: which I think is cool as fuck. That is pretty cool. This is not sponsored, but I mean if you want to. I'm just <laughs> I'll saying. take some yoga pants. Yeah. <laughs> As you know, I need
1: them. Well, I Just have never come across one of their <laughs> yeah. stores. So to me, it's I've like never, a it, unicorn or something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ooh, it's a giraffe out in the wild. Like I've never <laughs> seen
0: one. I've never been near one. I don't know. I would be curious to check out their stuff if I if I ever happen upon it. I don't know that I'll take it upon myself. I'm just not that bougie. Mm-mm. I would like to be someday, but <laughs> I'm not now. We're hoping. Fingers crossed. I'm going to start looking for a new job probably soon, so we'll see how that goes. So, that is the Lululemon murder. And you guys, I didn't fuck it up not one time. Hell yeah. I'm pretty proud of myself. Lululemon. I'm I'm really doing it this week. I don't know why I wanted to say Lululemon.
1: Same. Why is that a thing? Why did my brain just correct it to Lululemon?
0: Anytime I... Uh, I'm writing a script for a case that Mark knows about. I'm always, like, when we're, like, making dinner one night, I'm like, okay, so tell me about this case. Like, I I just like to know, like, what his thoughts are on it. And I was like, so tell me about the Lulu case. And he was like, Lululemon? Like, I just can't be bothered. Sorry. Eh, What are you going to do? Better than a Lululemon. I cut a whole syllable out. (laughs) This guy was a douchebag and created the name for very nefarious purposes. So I'm not ashamed of messing it up
1: oh no for sure but i do see um a lot of i like to watch a lot of reels i'm shouting out you guys that go to the thrift stores and dig through all the things but Lululemon's a big resale apparently it holds its value very well
0: interesting well that's good to know
1: Because now that they've corrected the issue, it does Mm -hmm. not pill.
0: (laughs) The more you know. Right? And on that note, we're going to cut things there. And uh, we're going to move on with our evening. But thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. We really appreciate your time and your support. It means the absolute world to us. Like I said earlier, make sure you guys check out the podcast on social media. Every Friday, we post a sneak peek of what case and cocktail we're going to be doing. We make sure to give you guys the ingredient list so that way if you want to follow along to the recipe while Suze is walking you through everything and you want to sip the same cocktail as us, you'll know what you need to get ahead of time. Which
1: please do. That would be very exciting. Yeah, I want to see your picks. I and want Vince. you to have a drink with us. And tag us. Even if it's a coffee mug or a cup of tea. Or a, I'm a bottle not- of water. I'm not picky um so once the episode is out we post a how-to video and the full recipe you can catch us on instagram and facebook at crime and spirits pod on twitter you can find us at crime spirits pod if you want to follow us personally we're on instagram i am at Suze not susan
0: and i'm at brie underscore not the cheese brie is spelled b-r-e-e not yeah. like
1: the cheese not the cheese hence the name mm-hmm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> If you guys like what we do, please head over to Apple Podcasts or whatever your preferred streaming platform is. If you could leave us a rating and a review, it would go a very long way in helping us be found more organically. Mm -hmm. We always want to hear from you and we would appreciate any constructive feedback you've got. We also have an email if you have any case recommendations, which we have some coming up. Yes. Or drinks that you'd like us to try. Just shout us out. We're here for you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are interested in becoming a monthly supporter of our podcast, all you've got to do is smash that link in the show notes.
0: We have to start video recording us because I feel like you <laughs> doing that alone is worth I can't it. help the way my <laughs> face <love> it. is. I <laughs> I am not by any means judging. I love uh, it so much. I did do theater as a child, so <laughs> I always make jokes I'm very when I start. Dramatic. When I start. Uh, getting dramatic with Mark, and he starts calling me Beyonce. I'm always like, "What do you want?" I w- was meant to be a theater kid. I didn't actually do it. I wasn't allowed. But <laughs> all right, so are we ready for our joke? Yeah, to shake off the heebie-jeebies. It's the heebie jeebie shaker. What did the mime say to his audience? Nothing. Right, but why? Because he's a professional. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was good. I like it. <laughs> I, <dig laughs> I don't it. know why, but like. I've been into like black and white stripes a lot lately and like ever since we saw Saint on Dracula do that mime thing i was like mimes aren't so bad i guess
1: (laughs) they're not as terrifying
0: as i think they are when i came across that joke i had to do it i like it (laughs) all right guys thank you so much for being here like i said we super appreciate you we want to make sure that you're out there taking care of yourselves most importantly you are enjoying your alcoholic beverages responsibly we are not gonna go and drive ourselves anywhere after having a cocktail or two we're gonna stay home we're gonna order some food drink like five glasses of water know that we love and appreciate you We do. (laughs) We hope you have the very best day.
1: Bye. Bye.